Okay, take two. Hey, this is Tyler, and you're listening to the Lenny and Tyler Show. <laughs> that sounded oh, yeah. it sounded better on the first one. It was so spontaneous on the first show. one. Show. But we have to do it every time. Yep, it's the mandatory intro. Well, we are in Tyler's gallery next to the coffee shop with traffic happening outside. Construction and all the good good sounds. Hopefully it's not too noisy. Um, and I'm just eating a scone, so Lenny, would you kind of... What's going on? Yeah. What's well, going on in this episode? Something that's going to be kind of interesting that happens over the course of this episode is... The Bitcoin reward is having, which what that means is the amount of Bitcoin that the people who run the network get paid to keep the network up and running is going to get cut in half in 39 minutes. Wait. So, yeah, so you're like, what? Why? Why would you want that? So Bitcoin was designed to be purposefully deflationary instead of inflationary. So... The idea is it's always, it always increases in value and never goes down. And so it's programmed to reduce the amount of Bitcoin coming out. So about every four years, the amount of Bitcoin coming out gets cut in half. And it'd be less and less and less. So I think it's over 80% of all the Bitcoin ever created is already out. But the last few will take like 200 years because... Like after four years, it gets cut in half, cut in half, cut in half, and then eventually there will be. And eventually no there won't be anymore. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and so nobody, nobody knows what's going to happen. We're kind of watching the charts here to see if it goes up or goes down. Wow. If the reward gets cut in half, that might make it too difficult for the people running the equipment to pay their bills, so they might stop running it, and that would drop the price. But then, of course. But then if there's people... less of it, yeah, if there's less of it out there, if there's less of it coming out, the perceived value goes up, and so the price could go up. So, and who knows, maybe just nothing, maybe nothing will happen, because everybody who cares about that at all has already taken this into consideration, and so it's called, like, priced in, you know, that people have already okay. suspected that there will be a change, and they've already reacted appropriately and so the market won't change at all, but <laughs> we'll watch it over the course of this episode and see if hmm. see if anything crazy happens in the next uh, 30, uh, 30... Okay, yeah, can, 30 can you minutes. explain it to me again? So yes. It yeah. gets halved. Yeah. And so there are people who have like computers that somehow yeah. mine... Bitcoin. So which, they're the ones... I, I really yeah, am. yeah. And this is, it's a really... I've studied it for quite a while, and it's still, like, I feel like barely within my grasp of understanding. But um, there's what's called mining rigs. So you used to just be able to do it um, on, like, the background of your computer while it was running. But eventually, the other, the other thing that Bitcoin is programmed to do is be more difficult to extract if there's lots of people doing it and less difficult. So, to, again, try to keep it on that timetable, on that schedule. So when more and more people started mining it, the difficulty got more and more. What is it? What is it oh yeah. Mining? Okay. What is it? They're mining <laughs> a a block. <laughs> so they're keeping a block has all of the transactions that have happened since the previous block written down in it, 
And so it's called the blockchain. You might have heard that. Kind of. So the blockchain is a record of every Bitcoin transaction that has ever happened. And it's all like lumped into one series of blocks. So a bunch of computers fight against each other to discover the next block, which is made harder or easier by more or less um, cryptog like cryptography on it. So if it's not enough people are mining it, the difficulty of mining it goes down. Okay. And so you can find it easier. If a lot of people are doing it, the cryptography goes up, which makes it more difficult to find. And when you find one, when you hit the right pattern of all of the letters and numbers, then you get paid, um, I think it's 25 Bitcoins right now? You get paid 25 Bitcoins for being the one that discovers it. And so... Okay, so there are places that have tons and tons of computers yes, that are yep. all just So instead of, yeah, instead of people doing it in their homes, which I think was probably some of the original vision of it, like everybody would just also run it on their computer, yeah. so they're also invested in it. But now there's just, yeah, basically farms. Um, China has a bunch of them. Um, I th want to say it's like 30% of all the Bitcoin is mined into China, but I would have to double check that. Um, and then, yeah, people who have just invested in just walls and walls of processors yeah. to just grind, it's called the hash rate, just keep grinding the hash rate and try to find as many Bitcoin as possible. So then they're looking at how much electricity does it cost me to run this? Yeah. Um, and then how much does the equipment cost? And as technology improves, the equipment right. sometimes changes. So you might be like, if a new development happens, you might have to like basically toss out all of your old processors and buy all the, the newest ones. So. Um, technology development and electricity costs are the main things that the miners are looking at to see if it's worth, like how much is a Bitcoin worth versus how much do I have to spend to find it? Right. And so in a few minutes, they'll be getting, instead of 25, they'll now be getting 12 and a half Bitcoin every time they find a block. A block. Mm-hmm. And so the, okay, the block, and what is yeah, the, like is the block useful to us in any way? No, the block is just the record. So the block will they'll fill the miner will fill in all of the transactions. If I if I've sent Bitcoin to you or you sent Bitcoin to me, that gets solidified in that next block. So the miners get to charge a little like a small fee to put all of these transactions that have just happened into the block. And so that's the the secondary backup, I guess for miners being able to make money even if there are no more bitcoin being produced they they keep the network alive so they're they're the ones running all of the computers that process the transactions so if i send okay. some to you okay. it goes I'm through maybe yeah starting to kind it goes of... through their computer if they have the next block it says lenny sent tyler five bucks that gets recorded forever in the block and there's a certain amount of space in that block and then that's now added to the chain and that chain never changes. It's like a, yeah. it's a permanent record. Okay. So once more than half of the computers say this was the next block, it's locked in as permanent. And becomes 12 and a half Bitcoin. Uh, and they get paid. Yeah, they get paid 12 and a half Bitcoin for doing that. So Eventually, they're just they'll kind get of paid, like paid for being 6.25. And it's all going on on their computers, too. Right. So, I mean, or, yeah. But they're yeah. getting paid. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's actually a good that point. Just like. Mm -hmm are storing everything that's ever happened. Right, right. Um, and 
Which is kind of cool because you could just... Because I guess you need that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because if the network dies, then there's nothing... Bitcoin can't transfer over anything. So, And if Bitcoin eventually goes to, you know, where it's... You're not, you're not discovering any new... Or if you're not, you're not getting... Or the have is halved and then halved and then halved again. Yeah, yeah. Then eventually those networks are either just so invested because they've they already use this as a payment method and they are also able to charge fees. So there's X amount of room per block. And so once that runs out, if there's a high demand for that, they could charge more to make sure your transactions go through sooner. And that's something we saw like a few years ago where Bitcoin got super popular, got in a lot of publicity publicity, and uh, the, the cost to transfer it went just really terribly high because a lot of people wanted to move stuff and wanted their their transactions done first. So the cost to get a transaction done soon went up really high. So that's kind of... Do you kind of get put in a queue of like... Right, when yeah. You're tra- like, which seems weird. Like, okay, I want to buy a cup of coffee from you for, yeah. for like one hundredth of a Bitcoin. Yep. And so that's... And then that's like, goes into a queue... And it's like, okay, that'll happen. Mm-hmm. That'll transfer in three or four days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I moved, yeah, like I moved some this morning, exactly. and it took, it probably took like a solid hour before the place I sent it to like had confirmed, had had enough confirmations that they were like, oh, this is for sure has happened now. Like, we checked it off our list of... <laughs> so, <laughs> so Yeah, and so then... <laughs> If the transaction rate is really high, like credit card processing or whatever, if the processing's too high, it's not worth buying a cup of coffee. It might be worth buying like a boat, but if the processing is really high, then yeah, right, then it's it's too expensive to buy small purchases. And so, there was a split a little while back from people that made a a new function of Bitcoin that was like faster and cheaper to process, and then there's the lightning network which is supposedly going to make the current bitcoin it basically makes a second layer where stuff can process before it actually processes yeah um but so yeah there's as technology has changed it's been uh people have been trying to scramble to catch up with what what problems have come up and what technology has come up and um let's do a check let's do a check and see where we're at um Supposedly, of course, now I <clears throat> internet 30 minutes. Okay, well, I guess in the meantime, yeah, did you have any other questions? It's kind of, yeah, it's a lot of like information, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it, we could kind of we could uh set Bitcoin aside for a little bit, and yeah, I could share maybe a little bit of what I've been thinking about for a while. But uh, let me just let me just sit here for a second yeah. and think if there's anything else I want to ask you currently about Bitcoin, or do you have anything else you want to add to it right now? No, oh no, but I'd be happy to try to. It's yeah. There's so many foreign terms. Like the first, like it's really hard to learn it at first because there's yeah. so many new terms that it's really jumping into a whole new world and yeah. learning. A new language, yeah, like yeah. you're swimming in an ocean. And I think we all kind of realize that currency is going to be transmitted digitally uh-huh. on the regular, uh-huh. and so that's why we have like Bitcoin's been out for twelve years, I want to say at least ten. Okay. 
And you know, things like Apple Pay have all developed since then. Facebook tried to do a cryptocurrency um, that has had some governmental issues. Okay. <laughs> um, so it feels inevitable. Yeah, it kind of feels inevitable that we're going to be doing this. So it's like, how, who's going to be in charge, and how is it going to get processed is kind of mm. the things we're all sorting out right now. Okay. And the goal, the original goal of the Bitcoin network was that it was decentralized so that nobody has the just pull the plug power on the processing. Right. Like if you have Facebook cryptocurrency, Facebook could one day be like, manipulate it or shut it all down or whatever. And the idea is everybody, basically all of those miners would have to all shut their mining rigs down for Bitcoin to like go offline. So the idea is the more you can spread it out, the safer it gets and the more free it is from manipulation. Not that you can't manipulate it with enough people all agreeing, but okay. Now the chain, the blockchain, mm -hmm. is that saved then across all these different mining yeah. servers? So if you were to wipe out yeah, so every, every, as far as I understand it, basically every system has a complete record of all the Bitcoin. Of all of yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So you'd have to wipe them all out. Right, system. exactly. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you could blow up one, you'd mm. have to blow up all of them too. That seems. Okay. Which is, yeah, part of the, the, I mean, whoever did come up with it, which is also still kind of up in the air, and that's kind of the fun mystery of it, the, the legends. Um, Whoever came up with it took a lot of things into consideration. Obviously, no one can predict the future, but hmm. they did a lot of checks and balances against. So I guess storing the storing the record of what happened, yeah, isn't what takes up processing power right it's correct yeah pro it's the processing of each transaction yeah. that takes up processing power but then once it's done yeah. once it's processed there's, yeah there's an artificial like in. yeah yeah there's and, an artificial layer of cryptography to find the next thing so it's just like oh we're gonna make you like grind through a whole bunch of processing to find to win the next block basically and it, okay, so that's artificial. So they, whoever made it, made it difficult. Yeah, yeah. And if it's okay, too if it's too difficult, then it'll weaken it so that more blocks get discovered. And if it's too, and if if nobody's doing it, it'll be really easy. Like so, right at the very beginning of its existence, it was really easy to mine it because there weren't very many people yeah. doing it. So, so are these people like trying to like discover ways to kind of break through that artificial? Are miners trying to find ways to break through to where they just they they would make break the most the artificial money. Yeah, difficulty of finding those transactions? Um, process. That's them? yeah, yeah. So that that difficulty is part of what makes it limited i guess also so if you could if a miner could bypass that it would just Wreck ruin the, the whole currency yeah. yeah but they can't yeah, yeah and they can't yeah so, so, but their goal is to is to process as much of it as fast as possible because yeah. that gets that wins them the most blocks yeah. gets them the biggest payout for that yeah but there's no hackers that can, that have figured out how to it's how to a, bypass it's, that right yeah it's, it seems to be built into the system so well that it's like part of it's just part of how it all functions and i that's where i would need to look deeper on like yeah that's um, so weird yeah that's right now now i'm in unfamiliar territory of like 
why can't you bypass that? You okay. know, yeah, um, I'm glad I was able no, to. No, yeah, bring me to, to yes, yes, bring me to my limits. Okay. Um, but again, too, I think it comes down to that you'd have to have every single computer running it agree that this like bypass was allowed. You can break it on your machine, but then it won't talk to the rest of them. Um, Everybody else would have to agree that this change was going to happen. Okay. And now that's like, you know, millions of computers worldwide that you'd have to... Huh. It's fascinating. I wonder what all the... I'm sure eventually there will be, like, movies that come out, and there's probably so much, like... I wonder if there's any, like, murders and, you know, just... Oh, yeah, yeah. If it's at all kind of... I mean, there's... Mafia... I haven't looked at at history a ton, but those first few people that were doing it early... I mean, made like millions, perhaps like billions off of it. Yeah. And that always has those people into weird social situations, you know? You have diehard followers of this person or that person or this idea or this idea, that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like the early, the early forerunners. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh. And they're fam- those. So those people are famous, known and famous. and like, Yeah, yeah. A lot of the early adopters are famous, even though they're actually the original creator is not known. Wow, that's so <laughs> weird. Yeah, and again, there's a few theories, like, oh, it's probably this person or probably that person. Or, it's, but the official, yeah, the official... It's QAnon, or what's... For... What is... The person... Like, QAnon's the one who's, like, in the government, supposedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, that idea, yeah, the... I just the like everybody knows, like... He's behind <laughs> Whoever that guy is. <laughs> um, cool. I like it. Well, that's all weird and yeah. Thanks for tolerating all that. Well, let's keep let's keep throughout this podcast kind of if you'll keep on educating me on that. Yeah. And in the meanwhile, I'm going to educate you on country music. <laughs> yes. So I think I'm going to print this out here this afternoon, and I'm sending out. Uh, invites for the next show at at the gallery mm-hmm. and I'm adding my little my little essay to the invite into each envelope and this is kind of what it'll be about so it's a little bowl for a little bowl. Actually, yeah I was gonna say it was like gonna be I kind of want that to be like my section my segment of this yeah. podcast is like all right now it's time for a little bowl, a little from, bowl Tyler. from Tyler a little bullshit from me okay so um so this is uh, what I believe in most is kind of what the title of, of this will be. Um, so what are you doing there, buddy? I'm just you still watching the charts. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Listening. Don't oh, worry. Okay. All right. Uh, so G.K. Chesterton famously admitted that of all the things he believed in, he believed most in fairy tales. If I were to sum up my reading of Chesterton, I might say that of all the things I believe in, I believe in most, I believe most in country music, or at least my ballads of, or the uh, ballads of my childhood. Yeah, I'm bored. That's a big big statement. (laughs) Making your skin crawl yet? Um, So I listened to the song Heartland the other night, and I was just instantly five years old again, roaming around the playground, leaping from tractor tire to tractor tire, 
unabashedly and endlessly singing like a fool of my love and how I'd buy her all the tall, tall trees and all the waters and the seas, which is a good, good old Alan Jackson song, <laughs> tall, tall trees. Uh, I was lost in that delightful childhood wonder that's full of the greatest romance, dancing, friendship, and the overcoming of dangers, fears, train wrecks, and heartache. The atmosphere pulses with an intense passion whose heartbeat is an honest day's work and sings of common sense and the glory of everyday pleasures like the rain on the roof on a summer's night when we still knew wrong from right. Here I find a genuine joy that indeed does bring a smile to my face and a tear to my eye. Um, yeah, so go listen to Heartland if you haven't listened to that in a while. That basically has all the lyrics or all these lines that I'm I'm stealing, reappropriating here. Um, Heartland by George Strait, did I say? No, not yet. Yeah, by George Strait. Um, that so I just remember endlessly running around like a f idiot, just singing See, that all not... the time. And so it's, I've been kind of doing that again. <laughs> really, yeah. <laughs> Reliving that. Reliving that. Just, yeah, ingrained in some of those just early neurons in yeah. your brain, just. But I feel so alive, like reconnecting with yeah. that. Uh, okay, so uh, nowhere in what I would call good country music will you find a perfect man or a perfect woman. The whole scene is full of hopeless romantics, drunks, beggars, thieves, and liars. But I feel right at home among these downtrodden, heartbroken sinners who are the first to admit their fallen nature. Like the cowboy poet, they take every opportunity to be, in the end, the butt of the joke. Any shot taken at another is done with warm affection that edifies the soul and strengthens the bond of brotherly love. Christ said that whenever two or more are gathered in love, that he is there and to confess our sins one to another. This is what I believe good art does. It doesn't shy away from the hard parts of life. It looks at them straight on, fesses up, and has a good laugh at itself. It affirms, celebrates, and gives thanks for all that is, for all that is good. And though we suffer, it is the great songs, poems, paintings, and films that help us cope with our alienation. Good art connects us to one another in the ways that we've fallen short of who we'd like to be. It gives rise to the surprise of joy as it hints of a world that might one day be. When it loses sight of, its, uh, of this true and right destination, it falls into self-aggrandizement. The recipe calls for that same essential ingredient of humility that we find at the core of any Christian's life when they say, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Um, that's great. I was, yeah, that's... It's, I'm not gonna lie, it's more inspiring than I thought the country music nice. <laughs> country music spiel was gonna be. Okay. Yes, nice. makes sense though. I, I, I feel like I'm tracking why why you've been so excited about it lately. <laughs> okay, nice, good. Um, so yeah, I don't. I think I've really come around to believing more strongly in Christianity, in the truth of it. As I think back on experiences of times where I was with one other person and really felt 
like there was no air of superiority mm. between either on my side or on their side, yeah. no inferiority either on my side or their side, but we were equal in that we both felt completely capable of like taking off our masks and just mm. and going, you know what, like yeah, I str- I'm struggling, I'm yeah. lonely, I'm whatever, or yeah. you know, I screwed up in this way or this way, you know. And uh, there's our landlord walking by. So, and I know that I've definitely experienced that with you and Jaxi, especially a lot lately. And um, so the truth of that, of just like that, when Jesus says, when two or more are gathered together, I don't know if it's in love or if it says in my name, I need to look that yeah, up. Yeah, I think at one point it said at least says in my name, but okay. yeah. That, that I'm there, and so I just, um, I don't know. I, yeah, I think that's interesting. It's, a, that you said it's, it's like, mystery, mysterious, it's, but I think it's true. And like you said, one of the, like, something like the hierarchy is taken out. Yeah. Like you said, when you feel on equal footing. Yeah. And I think that is something that <clears throat> Jesus was definitely talking about to, you know, to the religious structure he was a part of, was yeah. like saying, like, all this hierarchy is causing way more problems than that it is directing people towards God and I think it's kind of funny that Christianity overarches at least the one we, we live in the, the modern day one has a lot of we just brought that hierarchy back into a new religion and we say like oh this is the Jesus religion but then um, I mean after like Constantine and a lot of that stuff we just put a reinforce a whole bunch of old hierarchy back into this movement that was supposed to just be like one person is is his own priest to right. God. Yeah. yeah. And priest, so that puts you, yeah, it puts you on universe. equal levels. Yeah. Puts you on equal levels and also makes everybody equally fallible because, you know, the idea is that the priests are higher, you know, or the the religious higher ups have achieved something greater or less sinful yeah. or less, you know, susceptible or whatever. But I think that that does a disservice to the people below them and to them. It like yeah. almost reinforces that if something does go wrong, it will be covered up or ignored or blow up the you know blow up the church that it's a part of, rather than people being able to live on that level of, of humility, yeah. like primarily right. and like um, yeah, back to that. All all people are equal or created equal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what I, that's one of the ideas that I feel is captured within the story of the book of Job, um, is that idea that all men are created equal, that might doesn't necessarily make right, and so it de-links worldly position with righteousness. Right, right, yeah. And therefore means that like, I mean, it, it's like another way of expressing the idea is that God causes the rain to fall on the righteous and the unrighteous. Mm-hmm. That when all these bad things happen to somebody, it's not necessarily because they were unrighteous. Right. And I think like we can see that looking out. We see people that are gaining, gaining a lot like unrighteously or unfairly. Yeah, and we see people that <laughs> don't have anything that we feel like should be, yeah. you know, should be 
wealthy and then it's like that's one way I think we can look out and like just we we notice that as humans um, and then I think that equality of all people is interesting too because in one way it's a lot like faith because you know it's not true you know it's not true that everybody is equal because everybody is completely different and has a different hierarchy of skills and abilities and but there's something truer than that mm. which is that everybody should be treated fairly like there's yeah. there's like a deeper truth that's more real than the than the outside circumstance that not everybody is equal but everybody should be equal and everybody yeah, yeah like that we, we know that that's the correct thing like inside of us that to treat everybody on equal grounds with each other yeah even though each individual human is going to be some in some way measured differently than every other human right Yeah, there, I guess that would be, there's like a call for democracy that insists within the hearts of all men that we never quite fully bring into reality yeah, within yeah. our structures. Mm -hmm. There is always someone who's kind of like left out of the system, whose vote doesn't, get, doesn't count as much as <laughs> yeah. somebody else. Yeah. But nonetheless, we strive for that ideal, I guess. Hmm. So, yeah, and I just think the country music gets there. Country music just brings you right to the heart of it. It's also, you know, there's this song called Drive by Alan Jackson. Okay. We were talking about this yesterday a little bit. He's, he's recalling, uh, you know, dr sitting on his daddy's lap, uh, driving a boat on the ocean. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then later driving a an old uh, Chevy truck or something down a dirt road, and then later he's talking about him being a dad and driving his, letting his daughters learn how to drive sitting on his lap. And but he, he when he's talking about the boat, he he says uh, he's talking about the lake that they were on. And it's like the lyric is uh, it's just a small lake across the Alabama line. But I was king of the ocean when Daddy let me drive, and and then later with the car he says, um, you know, I was just a it was just a dirt road with trash on both sides. But I was Mario Andretti when Daddy let me drive, and then with the with the girls, his daughters, he's hoping that one day they'll look back and say, it was just a just a small valley down by the or small valley by our house or something like that but I was high on the mountain when daddy let me drive and so just there's like a childlike wonder in that of I would it was just a small lake but I was king of the ocean mm -hmm. and I find that that uh, elevation of the mundane of just the everyday to be so refreshing right now and the and I, I find that again and again in Chesterton's work like the other day we were yeah, I was sharing yeah. with you about he's got this beautiful line that says uh, like he's talking about how grateful he is for the chair that he's sitting in and as all these movers are moving him out of his apartment and he's going he's moving out of London to the countryside and He's talking about how much he 
how grateful he is for the chairs and the men who the long line of men who came before him to give him four extra chairs or four extra legs instead of just the two that the oh, gods yeah. gave him <laughs> <laughs> but he says uh you know some men say that a throne is just another chair right but the more democratic thing would be to say that every chair is a throne is a throne right yeah, yeah is the, the, the elevation of the, yeah. the simple thing to yeah. yeah sorry that took me a long no time no that's great yeah i wanted to, i just wanted to bring it back yeah 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 the that there is some there is some grandness available to everybody in the meagerest of situations yeah rather than like pining after the perceived grandness of mm-hmm. you know actual political or global power yeah 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 and you just find that in country music what i would say good country music is everywhere like alan jackson's song it's all right to be a little bitty like it's about helping us to accept our symbolic wherever we are symbolically in the world like whether we're you know something great or whether we're well that's not even the right way to say it though like whether whether we're uh the president or whether we're a coffee shop owner and a gallery owner Mm -hmm. or and we're we're, like and we're even in a privileged position to yeah like we've been able to like run a business for years you know and that's even like even that's right. like a pretty big honor of like that compared to some people who are like, like always look at like people that I know are like, oh man, I would love to start a business, you know, like, right. <clears throat> and I think just like we, you know, like, well, it's easy to look at like people of big influence or big power and be like, oh man, if I could be there, you know, yeah. like <laughs> as business owners, we're like, oh man, you have no idea what you think you want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? right. yeah. Just like, yeah, just like God or whatever looks down at <laughs> like You think you want these things, but. You know, what you really want is that boat and that lake and mm-hmm. that feeling of wonder, really, you know, yeah, which was, yeah. like, so much so much more accessible and maybe truer than the outside, uh, the outside grandeur that we project, you know, we think is going to be. Yeah. I do that all the time. Oof. Pine for what I don't have. That's just humans. That's just humans do that. Um... Any updates? On I'm trying that? to. It looks like these clocks might be broken. Bitcoin. Yeah, the countdown Bitcoin clocks. Broke. They're trying to. They're trying to predict when that when that last uh, last block it. I should also confirm that it's 25. I think it's a 25. But. I wonder if this is just going to be awful to listen to. There's a truck just going. There's outside. a truck. There's just so you guys know. There's this really great, like smoky but also plasticky smell that's like floating through the gallery right now just like all these uh all these construction vehicles just giving us some good sounds and good smells it's a 4d podcast oh also it's all right to be a little buddy oh yeah uh (laughs) patreon.com slash lenny and tyler Five dollars gets you little buddy status. That's right. <laughs> we were writing a song. How did it go? Well, it's all right to be a little buddy. Record a little small podcast. <laughs> Try to make a little money. <laughs> we might as well share. We might as well smile. We haven't made much money for. 
A, li- a lot, a lot, a lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this countdown clock says 19 minutes. Hmm. Well, we're at 36 minutes on the podcast oh, right okay. now. So maybe we could pause and come back. Yeah. Or if there's anything else. Um, oh, maybe we should talk about... Uh, so Josh Llewellyn... Shout just, out, Josh. Yeah, I, was thinking, I was thinking about him, too. Um, he called, we were talking the other day on the phone, and he listened to the first couple podcasts and just said how much he loved them and uh, said that it made it, that how he found himself. How great we are. Yeah, yeah, how funny. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, uh, yeah, he said he wanted us to review Midnight Gospel a little bit. Oh, yes. So I would love to. Will you tell listeners what that is? Uh, yeah, so... There is a show on Netflix, may have been advertised it, called The Midnight Gospel. There's eight episodes. It is like a podcast in a cartoon, and the cartoon is doing LSD. <laughs> and so you're trying to watch one thing while this very philosophical podcast is going on in the background. So your, your brain and your eyes are split I feel like and purposefully so so I would yeah I think we should finish watching I, I finished watching through it and maybe you should finish watching through it and then okay. we could uh, bring it on and talk about how we feel yeah. <laughs> how we feel about it yeah I could write down I could write down at least one little note on each of the episodes sure. and uh, <laughs> yeah I, I watched what we watched four? two two episodes I, thought, I think we made the four I think you made oh, the wow. four in okay. the middle what was your first impression? Uh, the, I mean, within the first couple minutes, I was like, oh, I don't really like this. Yeah. And then it kind of grew on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I was just intrigued by this whole problem of I could either watch what was happening on the screen and kind of visually follow along, or, but if I did that, then I would lose track of what they were talking about yeah. audit, or you know yeah. di- lose track of the dialogue so yeah that's just an interesting yeah. like kind of purposely make that disconnect but i think i that kind of happens to me in movies anyways mm. a little sure. bit i think that's maybe why i could go back and watch Rewatch movies stuff. again and again and go and get something out of them because i get so in my head about mm-hmm. uh, you know the visuals yeah. take get me thinking of something else maybe. take you away from the story yeah from what I understand they all the episodes were podcasts previous to that and yeah. they brought the guests back on to fill in the, the episode dialogue so there's always like a conversation going on in the background of the episode and then they add some this is it also has highly adult content so okay. don't watch a, it's not yeah like not the, a small children's the show first episode was these the host of the podcast talking about he was interviewing a lady and they were talking about death oh yeah the first one you saw yeah and it was kind of like they were two on the visually in the cartoon it's these two characters having this podcast interview and they're talking back and forth to each other but things are happening to them where they're basically going through a meat grinder yeah getting butchered approaching death and then yeah getting processed getting afterwards. butchered and processed <laughs> but they're bodies are still able to talk to each other and continue the conversation so it's like you're kind of 
very disconcerting. And yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, he always kind of has the weird edge of, like, cringy. Yeah. And, like, it's a very, very odd juxtaposition. Yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah. And a bit. It's, uh, Duncan Trussell is the main voice in it, and then Pendleton Ward, um, helped with the animation part of it and that's the probably the reason i found it i'm a big adventure time fan and uh, pendleton ward was a creator on that so when, yeah, when i saw, well. yeah yeah so when i had saw he had a new a new show i was really pumped to check it out and it is it is something else but yeah i'd love to come back and have like at least a point on each episode <laughs> okay sounds good yeah and you know if you're listening to this and you want to write in or yeah. call one of us and you know, with any ideas or suggestions, please reach out. Um, Lenny and Tyler at gmail.com. Yeah. The email address for us. Cool. And do you want to pause it for yeah, a while? Yeah, and yes. Take a we'll quick break and come right back. With whatever happened. With with whatever happens. Whatever happens with the happening. Okay. Okay, and we're back. We're back, and the most important thing happened, which is nothing. So the next, <laughs> the next halving of the uh, Bitcoin reward is May 9th, 2024, as Ooh. of now, barring some changes to technology and processing power. But. All right. Well, we'll take a break, and we'll come back. We'll come back in uh, four years. Yeah, 2024 will be uh, episode number four. That'll be perfect. <laughs> Uh, just for a shout out, the Bitcoin was uh, trading at $8,500 four years ago. I mean, when we look back at this four years ago, it was right now it's that. But in four years, when we come back and look back, that'll be what it's at. Okay, so what, real quick, tell me a little bit of your experience trading in Bitcoin. Have you made money? Um, I have made money not from trading at all, but just from buying it in the past and it going up in value okay the, there was a couple years ago it got it went really insane i think it was 2017 it went to like twenty thousand per bitcoin and so once it got that popular it had like a viral explosion and then a bunch of people sold it off so i know people lost money but i think barring that that huge like boost a couple years ago Bitcoin is just slowly, steadily, like, increased in value over time. And that's the whole point of cutting in half the amount coming out is to say that, like, no matter when you get in, the ideally the, the goal was that it always slowly increases in value and is deflationary instead of, like, what our dollar is right now, which is inflationary, um, that holding just dollars would actually make you lose money in the long run because they wouldn't be as worth as much later as they right, are right they don't now. have as much purchasing power right down the line so so bitcoin idea there's always less bitcoin out there or it's getting split in more and more pieces so with a limited resource perceived value should keep increasing the idea like the, the comparison is gold you know like so you mine out all the gold and then that gold can get split into smaller and smaller pieces. But as long as there's no huge new resource of gold found, it's always going to keep being more valuable. Okay. So it's a way to try to digitally 
replicate that idea. Wow. That's interesting. The gold rush. But, I mean, yeah. with Gold was valuable back in the day, right? One, because it was because it was rare, mm-hmm. but also because it was actually useful, right? Like it was a pretty darn useful metal. Yeah, I mean, right. it was at least really pretty. <laughs> yeah. And then I know like in modern times we found that it's a really good conductor and so there's lots right. of modern uses for it okay. that keeps its value up as well. But yeah, I think, I mean, so much. I wonder if it was useful in the past because it could be turned into things like melted yeah, still, into yeah, you can melt cups it in, or it's like super malleable compared yeah. to other metals. Right. Um, people have always yeah, people have always seemed to know about the that gold was valuable for some reason or another, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, it's because the uh, Illuminati was <laughs> aliens that programmed humans to mine gold for their alien civilization. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Back that up with facts. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just that it's weird that like perceived value is value. You know, the, the reason we have a dollar that's worth what it is is because the communal <coughs> perception of the value of that dollar <coughs> is. <laughs> We're both really good at sneezing a lot, if you guys don't know that. Just multiple times in a row. That's that's our jam here on the Lenny and Tyler show. My friends, all my friends count how many times I sneeze. It's rude. It's just, it's just, it's just hurtful. Yeah, well, it just makes me realize how, like, there are some people who must count things in life. (laughs) Like, yeah, I am so oblivious to numbers or like yeah count, like counting like i don't know may, i wonder if there are people who like count the number of stairs when they walk up oh totally you know? yeah like, or like they people the that thing. know the number of days since some event has happened yeah ironically i'm talking about numbers and days right now right. <laughs> but i don't keep track of that i'm just in my head right <laughs> but yeah there's yeah. people like oh it's been you know 642 days since that person said something mean to me <laughs> Wild. The, the different things that we uh, hone in on in this reality and see and like kind of confirmation bias mm-hmm. over and over and over again is so interesting. Like the way I see the world must be completely different than the way you see the world. Yeah. Or the things that stand out to me. Yeah. I mean that has be. that has happened to me as I've been an artist, at different times, mm-hmm. as I came to new realizations about painting, it was like, it was as if I was given new eyes for the world at different times. So that's cool. I mean, that's kind of weird. Yeah. And just how someone looking at your art has a totally different idea sometimes of what it means to them than yeah. what it meant to you creating it. Oh, totally. Well, yeah, that, that would like, maybe be like, there was a lady who came in here the other day, yeah. Honey was here and saw it. She, she, had a, a like religious kind of experience with one of my paintings. She broke down like weeping. Yeah. And she sat in front of the painting for like two or three hours. Yeah. And 
it was it was cool. It was to, very weird. It was, it was cool it was and really cool. weird to be a part of that. Like yeah. just like watch that happen. Yeah. But, and I gave her a book. There's a author named Henry Nallen who I had read his book on. It's the Prodigal Son, and he he writes about having one of those experiences with a Rembrandt painting, mm. the Rembrandt painting of the Prodigal Son. And he said when he saw it for the first time, he just like broke down uncontrollably weeping. Wow. And then he ended up getting to go see the original uh, in Russia. And he sat in front of it for like several days. Wow. And like, it's just kind of this beautiful story of his encounter with this painting. And maybe, maybe I kind of get that a little bit just with the song Heartland. Like when I heard it the other day, it's like it unlocked some part of myself that I had forgotten about that is so central to who I am. Just this maniac little kid (laughs) that is very, I don't know, very romantic, I think. Mm I think I am a very obsessive and kind of romantic person. Maybe the more I just accept that. But I think I need Christianity also to kind of hem, hem me in and from your wild, manic, romantic yes. self. Yeah, that's been the realization the, lately. Arguably, it's the, it's the best place to experience that to the fullest without destroying yourself. And others, yeah. Yeah, and others, oof. Yeah. Oof. I've done enough of that <laughs> in the last little bit. We got a few shout-outs in. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry! Uh, <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for meeting again. We'll see you on Monday. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Be good to yourselves. Be good to yourselves. <laughs>